Euzubillahimineşşeytanirracim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmain Allahümme allimna ma yanfa'una Vanfa'ana bima allemtena Vezidna ilmen nafi'a Allahümme erinel hakka hakkan Varzukna itiba'a وَأَرِنَا الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلًا وَرْزُقْنَا اِجْتِنَابَهِ Esselamu Aleyküm ve Rahmetullahi ve Berekatuhu Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur podcast series You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org in the last episode, Alhamdulillah, we finished reading the sixth word and today we will continue with the seventh word, the seventh treatise in the book, the words. Bismillah. Yedinci söz. Şu kainatın tılsımı muğlakını açan, amentu billahi ve bil yevmil ahiri, ruhu beşer için saadet kapısını fetheden ne kadar kıymetdar iki tılsımı müşkil küşa olduğunu, ve sabır ile Halık'ına tevekkül ve iltica ve şükür ile rezzakından sual ve dua ne kadar nafi ve tiryak gibi iki ilaç olduğunu ve Kur'an'ı dinlemek, hükmüne inkıyat etmek, namazı kılmak, kebairi terk etmek, ebedül abad yolculuğunda ne kadar mühim, değerli, revnaktar bir bilet, bir zadı ahiret, bir nuru kabir olduğunu anlamak istersen şu temsili hikayeciye bak, dinle. Seventh word. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of God, the merciful, the giver of mercy. If you want to understand how amantu billahi wa bil yawmil akhir, I believe in God and the day of judgment or the last day or the hour. That is, belief in God and in the hereafter are two precious codes that unlock the obscure mysteries of the universe while also opening the gates of happiness for the human soul and delivering it from difficulties. If you want to know how effective and healing remedies are to rely on your Creator, Khaluk, and seek His assistance with patience, and to ask from your provider, Ar-Razak, and to supplicate Him with gratefulness, and if you want to learn what important, precious and splendid a ticket for the journey to eternity, what a provision for the hereafter and what a light in the grave are listening to the Qur'an and following its orders, performing the obligatory prayers and forsaking major sins, then listen to the following parable, especially in the first eight treatises of the book, The Words. Ustad Nursi starts by telling us what to expect from the coming treatise. Then he follows it with a parable, a short instructive story. And then he moves on to the reality that is being represented in this story. This was the first word, second word, third word. We are in the seventh word now. And what is different here is that we expect a lot, a lot from this word. So we are going to repeat what we read one more time and let's try to internalize it let's try to prepare our intellects and spirits and hearts to absorb what is to come we are going to learn inshallah a lot from this treatise 
if you want to understand, so what do, you, what do we want to understand? If you want to understand how amantu billahi wa bil akhir. And this, of course, is from the, the creed that we all know, inshallah, all believers, all Muslims know and recite. And this is from the beginning of it. But it entails the, the rest too, what comes after too. And Ustad Nursi explains here what he thinks of when he says, Amantu billahi wa bil akhir. I believe in God and the day of judgment or the last day. So that is, he is going to explain what this entails, what believe in God and the last day, the day of judgment entails. He is going to explain to us now. That is, believe in God and in the hereafter are two precious codes that unlock the obscure mysteries of the universe while also opening the gates of happiness for the human soul and delivering it from difficulties. So the word code, as we talked about this before, uh, is tilsim in Turkish. And tilsim can be used in more than one ways in the Turkish language. It can mean talisman. And there is probably some etymological connection between tilsim and talisman. I'm not entirely sure. I did not research it. It looks like there is. So it can be talisman, something that you put on your you know, body or in your house, carry somewhere to protect yourself uh, from evil eye or evil in general. So that's one meaning of the word tilsim. But the word, the, the meaning that Ustad Nusi is using here is different. What he means is like a code. When computer scientists use uh, programming languages, ultimately all of those programming languages are reduced to zeros and ones. But then, how are those zeros and ones are translated into certain meanings require knowing the code. So you know the code and the code translates what you program into zeros and ones and that's what the computer understands. If you don't know the code, you will not be able to program the computer or you will not be able to read the, the, a, a program from a computer. Or we can think of this as encryption. Nowadays, anybody who is using uh, you know, social media will understand this, when, especially WhatsApp. Sometimes you receive this message, message saying that your messages to the other party are now encrypted. What that means is that the message is not transferred in the, in the form that you see on your screen. There is a certain code that's applied to it, and only the other party on the other end, on the receiving end, knows the code and only his or her cell phone or computer, whatever, knows how to decipher the encryption. So what this implies is that the creation, the observable creation that we see around is encrypted. It carries messages and those messages are not too difficult. The encryption is not a, a very big secret, very difficult to break. It's actually easy, it's actually obvious, but it requires a certain point of view. When you look from that point of view, you see it and it's very obvious and it's beautiful. When you apply a code to it, it's very clear and observable and easy to understand. But if you don't apply the code, then you just look and you don't see the real meaning. You just see some images, some shapes. Sometimes these images and shapes may be harmonious and uh, interacting, so on and so forth, but you don't see the real meaning. So what Ustad Nursi is saying here is that the code that you need to apply in order to see the 
inner reality, the actual reality, the great reality of the phenomena. We need to apply Amantu Billahi wa Akhri as a code that gives us the message behind the encryption. This is a code. If you use it, if you apply it, you start to see the reality. And it's beautiful, it's illuminated. If you don't use it, you leave things in a layer of darkness. So, if you want to understand how Amantu Billahi wa Akhri, that is, belief in God and in the hereafter are two precious codes that unlock the obscure mysteries of the universe while also opening the gates of happiness for the human soul, spirit, and delivering it from difficulties. So this is the first thing we want to understand. That applying Amen to Billahi wa Akhri exposes the reality of creation to us. And then it also opens the gates of happiness in this world and in the hereafter. But not only that, if you want to know how effective and healing remedies are to rely on your Creator and seek His assistance with patience and to ask from your Provider and supplicate Him with gratefulness. So, there are effective and healing remedies. What that means is that there is a sickness. We have problems and our problems require remedies. And the remedy is in where? It is in relying on our Creator and seeking His assistance with patience and asking from our Provider Ar-Razak and supplicating Him with gratefulness. So we want to understand this too, that there is a remedy in this. What is the remedy? Why is there a remedy in supplicating our Lord with gratefulness? What is there, why is there a remedy in asking with patience from our Provider? Why is there a remedy in uh, seeking our Creator's assistance? What is the problem? What is the solution? And, and why is this the solution? And more? And if you want to learn what important, precious and splendid a ticket for the journey to eternity, what a provision for the hereafter, and what a light in the grave are listening to the Qur'an and following its orders, performing the obligatory prayers and forsaking major sins, then listen to the following parable. In this one paragraph, in all these things that we want to understand, there, there actually is a summary of the past six words. If you want to understand what is in here much better, go and read the, read the first six words, words or listen to uh, our reading of them here. Bir zaman, bir asker, meydana harp ve imtihanda, kar ve zarar devranında pek müthiş bir vaziyete düşer. Şöyle ki, once, a soldier found himself in a desperate situation in a battle and testing ground at a fateful moment of winning or losing. Again, especially the first eight words, Ustad Nursi has written them with parables of a military nature. He explains this at the beginning. One reason for this is that he says his spirit sensed one of his students, which many believe is Hulusi Abi, who was a, an officer, as the first in the audience and addressed him because he was a soldier. Another aspect that we can think of is, is that a soldier is under command and we as Abda, slaves of God, are under command. 
and accepting this, acknowledging this and accepting it gracefully is a big step in, in being happy and being successful in our mission in this world and in the hereafter. Once a soldier found himself in a desperate situation in a battle and testing ground at a fateful moment of winning or losing. It was as follows. Sağ ve sol iki tarafından dehşetli derin iki yara ile yaralı ve arkasında cesim bir arslan ona saldırmak için bekliyor gibi duruyor. He was wounded on his left and on his right side with deep and dreadful wounds. An enormous lion waited behind him as if poised to attack. Ve gözü önünde bir dar ağacı dikilmiş, bütün sevdiklerini asıp mahvediyor, onu da bekliyor. An execution scaffold was erected in front of his eyes, putting his loved ones to death and destruction while waiting for his turn. Hem bu haliyle beraber uzun bir yolculuğu var, nef yediliyor. Moreover, in addition to this state, he had a long journey before him. He was being exiled. O biçare şu dehşet içinde meyusane düşünürken sağ cihetinde hızır gibi bir hayırhah, nurani bir zat peyda olur, ona der. As this forlorn soldier pondered over his plight in a state of despair, a person benevolent and luminous like Hıdır appeared on his right side and told him. So Hıdır is a literal translation would be the green one. He is a man who, by God's grace, has reached a level of life in which he is not bound by the limits of physicality and who guides some seekers of truth to God. He is often associated with the righteous person mentioned in the Quran to whom God has granted his mercy and knowledge and whom he uses to rectify various affairs on earth and we all know him from the, the uh, story of Moses السلام, in Surah Al-Kahf in the chapter the cave in the Quran and the verses would be 65 to 82 so this is uh, chapter 18 verses 65 to 82 so Khadr is this person and as this forlorn soldier pondered over his plight in a state of despair a person benevolent and luminous like Khadr appeared on his right side and told him Meyus olma sana iki tılsım verip öğreteceğim güzelce istimal etsen o arslan sana müsahhar bir at olur hem o dar ağacı sana keyif ve tenezzü içinde hoş bir salıncağa döner hem sana iki ilaç vereceğim güzelce istimal etsen o iki müteaffin yaraların iki güzel kokulu Gülü Muhammedi aleyhissalatu vesselam denilen latif çiçeğe inkılap ederler hem sana bir bilet vereceğim. Onunla uçar gibi bir senelik bir yolu bir günde kesersin. İşte eğer inanmıyorsan bir parça tecrübe et. Ta doğru olduğunu anlayasın. So this benevolent and luminous person who appeared on the, this forlorn soldier's right side told him Do not despair. I will give you two codes and instruct you about their use. So I'll give you codes. But I will not only give you codes, I will also instruct you how to use them. And this is important. Nothing in these parables are there just just for the sake of a story. I will give you two codes and I will also instruct you about how to use them. If you use them properly, the lion, remember there was a lion? We read at the beginning, an enormous lion waited behind him as if poised to attack. The, this luminous uh, 
novel person is telling him that he is going to give him two codes and instruct him about their use if you use them properly the lion will turn into a horse in your service so a, a lion poised to attack will become a, a horse in the soldier's service that's good the execution scaffold will become a pleasant carriage for your enjoyment and ex excursion besides I will give you two remedies if you use them properly your two rancid wounds will transform into two elegant flowers called Muhammadan roses moreover I will provide you with a ticket with that ticket you can cover one year's distance in one day as if you are flying come if you don't believe my words try for yourself a bit and you will see that I am telling the truth hakikaten bir parça tecrübe etti doğru olduğunu tasdik etti evet ben yani şu biçare Said dahi bunu tasdik eder çünkü biraz tecrübe ettim pek doğru gördüm indeed the soldier tried and acknowledged that the man was telling the truth yes this powerless Said now he starts talking about himself this powerless Said that is I to acknowledge the truth in these words for I tried a little bit and found it to be quite effective as I was saying I tried I saw the reality that is presented in this parable and and I got the code and I got the remedy from this luminous benevolent man and I tried it and I saw it very useful what he's saying was true they helped me they helped me a lot Bundan sonra birden gördü ki sol cihetinden şeytan gibi bir dessas, şeytan gibi bir dessas, ayyaş, aldatıcı bir adam, çok zinetler, süslü suretler, fantaziyeler, müskürler beraber olduğu halde geldi, karşısına durdu, ona dedi. So the soldier is listening to this luminous and benevolent person who came to him from his right side and he is almost convinced he is going to take the code and learn how to use it and apply the remedies on his wounds and so on and so forth but just at that moment suddenly the soldier noticed on his left side a man crafty possessed and sly like the Satan coming with many ornaments fancy pictures fantasies and intoxicants in his hands so these are important ornaments fancy pictures fantasies an intoxicant in his hands he stopped in front of the soldier and said hey arkadaş gel gel beraber işret edip keyif edelim şu güzel kız suretlerine bakalım şu hoş şarkıları dinleyelim şu tatlı yemekleri yiyelim sual ha, ha nedir ağzında gizli okuyorsun cevap bir tılsım bırak şu anlaşılmaz işi hazır keyfimizi bozmayalım sual ha şu ellerindeki nedir Cevap, bir ilaç, at şunu, sağlamsın neyin var, alkış zamanıdır. Sual, ha, şu beş nişanlık kağıt nedir? Cevap, bir bilet, bir tayinat senedi. Yırt bunları, şu güzel bahar mevsiminde yolculuk bizimlemize lazım, der. Her bir desise ile onu ikna çalışır. Hatta o biçare ona biraz meyleder. Evet, insan aldanır. Ben de öyle bir destası aldandım. So here there is a conversation that's actually going on between the uh, sly, crafty man who appeared on the left side 
with fancy pictures, fantasies, intoxicants, ornaments, and so on and so forth in his hand. And he's going to start talking to this forlorn soldier who is in a desperate situation. Hey, my friend, come. Let's drink and make merry. Now remember, this is the battleground, battle and testing ground in, in a, at the moment of winning or losing. This is the moment. If the soldier makes the right choice, he's going to win. If the soldier makes the wrong choice, he's going to lose. This is the moment of winning and losing. And the soldier is in a desperate situation. He has wounds. The lion is attacking. You know, all of this stuff. And what does the sly, crafty, Satan-like person say? Hey, my friend, come. Let's drink and make merry. Let's look at the pictures of these pretty girls. Let's listen to these lovely songs. Let's eat this tasty food. Then he asked, the sly man asked, What? What? What is that you keep repeating silently? The soldier answered, The words of a code. Remember he got the code from the benevolent, luminous person? Come on, the, the Satan-like person is saying. Come on, stop that incomprehensible nonsense. Let's not spoil the fun. What is that in your hands? Answer, a remedy. Come on, drop it. You are perfectly healthy. What do you need the remedy for? It is time to cheer now. And what is that piece of paper with five marks on it? Answer. A ticket. A ration card. Tear it up. Why would you leave this beautiful springtime behind and set out on a journey? Thus the sly man tried to convince the soldier with all sorts of guile, so much so that the forlorn soldier somewhat inclined toward him. Poor thing, he is in the war, he is wounded, the lion is poised to attack, the scaffold is there in front of him. This is the reality that he is experiencing, but at the same time, this sly, crafty, Satan-like person is so convincing and what he offers is so attractive that the soldier was inclined. He thought that his desperate war situation was springtime. He was inclined. Indeed, man is easily deceived. So don't be surprised. Don't be surprised that he was inclined. He was deceived. We all are deceived. And Stadnursi is saying here, indeed, man is easily deceived. I was deceived by such a deceiver too. I was deceived by such a deceiver too. So this is a dangerous situation. We need to be careful. We need to understand the reality of this. Birden sağ cihetinden rahatı gibi bir ses gelir der. Sakın aldanma. Ve o destasa de ki eğer arkamdaki arslanı öldürüp önümdeki dar ağacını kaldırıp Sağ ve solumdaki yaraları def edip peşindeki yolculuğu men edecek bir çare sende varsa bulursan haydi yap göster görelim. Sonra de gel keyf edelim. Yoksa sus hey sersem ta hızır gibi bu zat-ı semavi dediğini desin. All of a sudden a thunder-like voice was heard from the soldier's right side. It said don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. And say to that deceiver, if you have the means to kill the lion that follows me, to tear down the scaffold erected before me, to cure the wounds on my left and right sides, and to relieve me from my imminent journey, and to relieve me from my imminent journey, 
then do it. Show what means you have. Let us see and only then say to me, come, come, let's make merry. So the voice reminded the soldier of his predicament, of his human condition. What is the condition? If you have the means to kill the lion that follows me, there's a lion that follows me. There's a scaffold erected before me. I have wounds on my left and right side. And there's an imminent journey that I'm supposed to go on. If you can relieve me from all of this, then okay. Let's talk about what you brought. Let's, let's, let's consider making merry. But if not, if you don't have the power to do either of these, and you don't have the power to do either of these, then stop. Then stop. Don't bother me. I have serious problems here that I have to deal with, that I wa- and I want to deal with. İşte ey gençliğinde gülmüş, şimdi güldüğünü ağlayan nefsim. Bil, o biçare asker ise sensin ve insandır. Ve o arslan ise eceldir. Ve o dar ağacı ise ölüm ve zeval ve firaktır ki, gece gündüzün dönmesinde her dost ve veda eder, kaybolur. Ve o iki yara ise, birisi müziç ve hadsiz bir acz-i beşeri, diğeri elim, nihayetsiz bir fakr insanidir. Ve o nef ve yolculuk ise, Alem-i Erbah'tan, Rahm-ı Mader'den, Sabavet'ten, İhtiyarlık'tan, Dünya'dan, Kabir'den, Berzah'tan, Haşir'den, Sırat'tan geçer bir uzun seferi imtihandır. O iki, ve o iki tılsım ise Cenab-ı Hakk'a iman ve ahirete imandır. In again one paragraph, maybe we should say in a nutshell, Üstad Nursi is going to now tell the, the truth of the, the reality that the parable is representing. And then we are going to talk about it in more detail. He's going to open it up for us. Well, O oh my soul, again, addressing his own compulsive soul, O oh my compulsive soul, O oh my soul, that has laughed in its youth, and now, and that now cries for having laughed. This is also such a you know, wonderful address to the compulsive soul. Oh, the compulsive soul. And this is how one addresses the compulsive soul because the compulsive soul is the evil commanding soul. It always commands evil and therefore it has to be chastised and put in its place. Oh, my soul that has laughed in its youth and that now cries, cries for having laughed. When it had the power, when it had the energy, when life seemed like this rosy place, when it looked like he is going to live forever, he did not think about the reality of his existence. Oh, my soul, who was heedless and therefore laughed and now recognizes the reality of things and, and, and cries for having love because time has passed. The opportunity is missed. Oh, my soul, that has laughed in its youth and that now cries for having loved. Know this. This is the reality. That forlorn soldier represents you and the mankind. So it's me. Anybody who is listening to this should now acknowledge it's me and the mankind. And each and every person is that forlorn soldier. And that line is the appointed time of death. The scaffold points to death, termination and separation. The, the line is the appointed time of death. Ajat is the word. And the scaffold points to death, termination, and separation as the days and nights follow each other. All your friends take their leave and disappear. As for those two wounds, so it doesn't have to be 
a scaffold that on, on which I am dying right now. I see that everybody else is all my friends, the elders, my parents, my relatives, my beloved ones. Everybody is getting on that scaffold one by one and disappearing. Whether there is a hereafter behind it or not, that, that might be a separate discussion. Even before that, we see everybody, even the non-believers, see that everybody who comes to this world is climbing the scaffold and disappearing. And that is a problem. That is the human condition. Whether the person is religious or not, whether the person believes in God and the hereafter or not, that is a problem that everybody, each and every human being is facing. As for those two wounds, one is man's pestering and inexhaustible, inexhaustible impotence, powerlessness, and the other is his painful and infinite neediness. That exile and traveling correspond to the long journey of trial and testing through the realm of spirits. So this is the stages of life that each and every person goes through one by one. Nobody can escape any of those stages. That exile and traveling. So we are exiled. What's the exile? At one point, we were all gathered before our Lord. And we were all asked, Alas to be Rabbikum, am I not your Lord? And we all acknowledged, Bala, yes, you are our Lord. And that was a moment of union with our Lord for us. And then our great, great, great grandfather, Adam salam, was in Jannah, in the paradise, and he was exiled from the paradise. And in his loins, we were exiled from the paradise. So we are, are longing for that moment of reunion with God and we are experiencing the exile from paradise where we were able to witness God. We are all in a state of exile <coughs> and we are traveling from the realm of spirits, alim arwah, and the maternal womb, the wombs of our mothers, through or through childhood, and the old age. So look at this. In all of these stages, life in this world is two, two of them. Childhood and the old age. Before that, the realm of spirits, the maternal womb, then childhood and old age, and then through the grave, to the intermediate realm, to resurrection, and the bridge, Sirat, that everybody will cross and cross fast or slow in accordance with their deeds in this world. And under it is the hell. Those whose deeds are evil and burdensome will be pulled down by their deeds, evil deeds to the hell. And those whose deeds in this world are good and pleasing God will be lifted and will cross the bridge with, in a speedy way. Everybody according to their deeds. Some like with the speed of lightning, some with the speed of airplane and the bridge. And then, of course, Paradise, inshallah, garden, the garden. Everybody, everybody is exiled and, and, and the journey is continuing. Nobody can stop the journey. You cannot say, okay, I, I want to stop here. No, that is not a possibility. We are all on a boat that is moving. We can move around in the boat or on the boat, but we cannot move out of the boat. As for those two codes, they are belief in God and belief in the 
hereafter. Evet, şu kutsi tılsım ile ölüm, insanı mümini, zindana dünyadan, bostana cinana, huzuru rahmana götüren bir müsahhar at ve burak suretini alır. Onun içindir ki ölümün hakikatini gören kamil insanlar ölümü sevmişler. Daha ölüm gelmeden ölmek istemişler. Hem zeval ve firak, memat ve vefat ve dar ağacı olan nururu zaman o iman tılsımı ile Sani-i Zülcelal'in taze taze, renk renk, çeşit çeşit mucizat nakşını, havarık-ı kudretini, tecelliyat rahmetini kemal-i lezzetle seyr-ü temaşaya vasıta suretini alır. Yes, with these two blessed keys, the codes, belief in God and in the hereafter, that transforms into a horse in man's surface like the burak. What is burak? Burak is the mount that transported the prophets of Allah from the from Mecca to Jerusalem on the night of his heavenly ascension or, or the Miraj. So this creature of God, a mount that transforms into a horse in man's service like the burak. It transports believers from the prison of this world to the gardens of the paradise, the garden, and to the presence of the most merciful one, Ar-Rahman. What is that? That is separation, termination, annihilation? No. That, when you apply this code, that's what you see without the code. That's what you see if you don't believe in God and the hereafter. That's what you see if you don't look through the lens of true faith. When you look through the lens of true faith, what you see is that that transforms into a horse in man's service like the Burak. It transports believers from the prison of this world. This world is like a prison compared to the garden. The prison of this world to the gardens of the paradise and to the presence, the presence of the most merciful one, Ar-Rahman, to God's presence. That is why. That's beautiful, right? That is beautiful. That is why those who have reached perfection and recognize the true nature of death love death. They long to die before the arrival of their death. They they, they wait for it. They don't you know, let's not misunderstand this, that they don't commit suicide because they are in this world for a duty and they are fulfilling their duty and they are happy to fulfill their duty because they the duty is assigned to them by their Lord. But at the same time, they are longing, because they are in exile, they are longing to reunite with their Lord. And therefore, they are longing for the death, which is going to be their transport to the garden on, and, and to his presence, to the merciful one's presence. Moreover, faith transforms the passage of time, which otherwise points to termination, separation, death, and the execution scaffold, into an instrument to view in a state of utmost pleasure and to, and to contemplate over the majestic makers, Saniya Zuljanat, God, the majestic makers, miracles, miracles that are inscribed on the creation like ever-renewing, multicolored and variegated embroideries, as well as the wonders of his absolute power and the manifestations of his mercy. What is time? I think we had mentioned this before. 
God swears by by time and says man is in a state of loss. Why? Because man does not use the time that is given to it. This is of course one of the interpretations of the verse, and there may be others. There are others. One of the many interpretations of the verse is because man does not use the time that is given to it in the way he is supposed to be and therefore he loses the opportunity and therefore man is in a state of loss but otherwise when the code is applied when man looks at the creation and the time in which the creation is created from the point of view of true faith what does he see? he sees the majestic maker's miracles that are inscribed on the creation like ever-renewing, multicolored and variegated embroideries. So this is not a stagnant, not an unmoving picture. The reality is beautiful and when we look at the at reality, a snapshot of reality, when we look at a snapshot of reality, let's you know, take the easy example, at the springtime for instance, we see Beautiful trees blooming, beautiful variegated colors and in a harmonious picture and so on and so forth. But reality is more than that. God's creation is more than that. God's creation is not stagnant. God's creation is ever-renewing. And the beauty becomes even more beautiful when we observe it in that ever-renewing state. Artists make pictures and we hang it on the wall. And it's beautiful, but imagine that the picture that the artist made is changing every moment, from uh, from you know minute to minute, from hour to hour, from day to day. It is transforming continuously, and each time it transforms, it transforms into something beautiful, and sometimes even more beautiful. That is what time is doing. That is the, one of the functions of time. Time is enabling us to witness God's creation and the beauty and mercy and wisdom that God puts into his creation in an ever-renewing fashion, in a continual fashion. It's mind-boggling. It's, it's, it's awesome. In the true sense of the word, awesome. Variegated, multicolored and variegated embroidery. It's the word embroidery, naqsh. Uh, Ustad Nursi uses this word uh, uh, frequently and he uses it particular sense and inshallah we should try to explain it here so that when it comes in the future we can refer back to it embroidery naqsh. now everything we see in the creation are manifestations of God's beautiful attributes and names and again we can see this in a stagnant way God is beautiful the creation is beautiful but then if you look closer what we see is that there are variations in those beauties so take a a let's say an olive tree it's a beautiful tree but then you look at one olive tree and it's in, in beautiful in its particular way and you look at the olive tree that's next to it it's very similar it has the same you know color tone same type of leaves uh, same uh, kind of bark and same structure but then within the structure there are these variations that make it beautiful in a different way. And that is the manifestation of God's name, Al-Jamil, beautiful. And this is the manifestation of God's name, Al-Jamil, the beautiful. They are both manifestations of Al-Jamil, the beautiful one. 
but then there are these small variations so that's what we are going to call Naqsh Tajalli is the manifestation and then Naqsh is these small variations in manifestation that show us the, the different aspects and the infiniteness of, of uh, God's attributes let's read this again Time is an instrument to view in a state of utmost pleasure and to contemplate over the majestic makers, Sani and Zuljalal, miracles that are inscribed on the creation like ever-renewing multicolored and variegated embroideries as well as the wonders of his absolute power and the manifestations of his mercy. Yes. The transformation and renewal of mirrors that reflect the colors in the solar spectrum and the continuous renewal of movie images produce nicer, more beautiful scenes than motionless images. What is Ustad referring to here? Yes, the transformation and renewal of mirrors. Here we can think of actual mirrors. Let's imagine a uh, you know, display maybe with small mirrors and, and, and they may have different colors and then these mirrors when they move reflect the sun's light in different ways and then there might be some prisms in there and they might be reflecting the you know uh, colors in the solar spectrum and then those colors are reflecting on different mirrors and moving in different directions so imagine this display of color but at the same time and this is something that we can understand better when we, inshallah, read the 24th word, uh, because he started using similar metaphors there. At the same time, the, everything that we see out there in the world, in one way or another, and this is especially true if we think of the pre-modern age before electricity, everything we see out there in the world are reflections of the solar light, the light, uh, the light of the sun, and depending on the qualities of their their natures, each of the objects out there are reflecting the uh, the the solar light spectrum in different ways. Some absorb all colors in the spectrum and reflect red. Some absorb absorb other colors in the spectrum and reflect blue. And that's how we end up seeing them as red or blue or green or yellow and so on and so forth. So in that sense, everything is a mirror because everything is reflecting. When we say a mirror, we usually think of this clear glass that reflects all the light that comes to it. And that's true. That's the mirror. But a dandelion flower is a mirror too. It is reflecting the yellow light. It's absorbing others, but it is reflecting the yellow light. So if we think of this and we look at the creation, especially again, that's the easier way to understand this. Uh, the, the, the earth in springtime, let's think of a, the skirts of a beautiful mountain and how the flowers are going to you know, fill the, the, those uh, skirts and then how the colors of those flowers are going to change as the spring progresses. First, there will come some flowers, they will be yellow and then they are going to be gradually replaced by and the blues and then purple and then white imagine this and this happens where in time yes the transformation and renewal of mirrors that reflect the colors in the solar spectrum 
So this is for the pre-modern human humans who who were living in nature and who had this connection to the nature and maybe all have that. But then Stadnursi is not neglecting those of us who are stuck in their houses in buildings and who have lost that connection with the nature too and says and the continuous renewal of movie images so not a single image that's reflect that's uh, projected on the screen but the continuous renewal of movie images produce nicer more beautiful scenes than motionless images God's creation is not a motionless image it is like a movie theater it is like a movie theater. And if, and, and if we internalize this, and if we teach ourselves how to watch that movie theater, the mountains in the spring, or the, the ocean during sunset, or just the sky as the clouds pass by, are going to become even, even more beautiful, more interesting, more enticing than the best... Hollywood movie that one may think of watching out there but one needs to know the code this is the important part one needs to know the code ve o iki ilaç ise biri sabır ile tevekküldür halıkının kudretine istinad hikmetine itimaddır as for those two remedies one is patiently relying on God tevekkül it means depending on the power of your creator, Khaliq al-Khaliq, and trusting his wisdom. As for those two remedies, remember the soldier had wounds on both sides, and this luminous heavenly man brought him two remedies. What are they? Those are, one is patiently relying on God, tawakkul. And it means depending on the power of your creator, al-Khaliq and trusting his wisdom. Why? Wisdom implies that he is wise. He does not do anything in vain. Everything he does, there is a perfect purpose to it. So if something is happening to me, that means that there is a wisdom in that too, and he is my creator. He has uh, mercy on me and he is not going to do this in vain there is a purpose to it i just need to fulfill my duty here and he is going to take care of the rest it may be a tribulation it's going to have benefit for me on me if i am patient if i patiently expect the best from him regardless of the circumstances that's why the gnostics have said alhamdulillah ala kulli hal gratitude and thanks and praise be to God in all circumstances regardless of the circumstances praise be to him to God and Al-Khaliq is also important here because he is my creator and the creator of everything and this includes the actions and events and the tribulations that are happening to me he has the power to create them and he has the power to lift them off he has the power to save me from my enemies he has the power to cure my wounds he has the power to procure my needs he has power over everything because he is the creator he is the creator of everything at every moment continuous continual creator so he did not create them once and leave them alone no he is creating everything at every moment 
and there can be no power to resist this. There can be no power to uh, prevent this from doing whatever he wants. He he wants to do. He is the one who does whatever he wants. Therefore, if I have tawakkul, if I depend on his power, if I rely on his power, I am in safe hands. That's one. That's one of the remedies. Öyle mi? Evet. Emri kun feyekune malik bir sultanı cihana aciz tezkeresiyle istinad eden bir adamın ne pervası olabilir? Is that a remedy or is that so? Yes. Would a person who relies through the intercession of his impotence on the king of the world, the one who commands be and it is, kun feyekun, when he wills a thing to be, he but says it. And it is. This is for, from uh, Surah Al Yasin, the 36th chapter of the Quran and the 82nd verse. Kun fayakun. When he wills a thing to be, he but says it be and it is. He does not need anything else, just says be and it is. So, one who relies on the power of such a king will not have any concern about anything. But how do we rely on his power? How do we go to him and ask him to help us? What connects us to him? What makes us a protected slave of him? Powerlessness. There is a great secret in this. And this is one of the key concepts in Stadnosti's thinking and, and, and uh, way of traveling the path. Our impotence is the key that connects us to our Lord because He is all-powerful. It is like water flowing from a tap, gushing out of the tap. And then people going to this source of water and filling their containers. If you already have something in your container, which would be a falsely assumed assumption of self-power, if you have something in, in your container, you won't have much space left for the, to, to fill the water. But if you go there with a completely empty container, and we all have completely empty containers. Nobody has a container that's actually full. We just have these, these false assumptions which are preventing us from being able to fill our containers from that abundant source of water, from benefiting from taking refuge in God's abundant, unlimited power. So, Ajz, impotence, and the realization of one's impotence, powerlessness, is a key that, that serves as a, an intercessor for us before God and, and enables us to take refuge in His power. And he is all-powerful. He says, be and it is. Zira, en mudhish bir musibet karşısında inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un deyip itminanı kalb ile Rabbi rahimine itimad eder. After all, even in the face of most frightful, frightful tribulations, this person would say inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Surely, Surely we belong to God, we are for God, and surely to Him we are bound to return. 
and this again is from the Quran it is uh, Surah Al-Baqarah the second chapter of the Quran and the 156th verse those who when a disaster befalls them say surely we belong to God or we are for God and surely to him we are bound to return after all even in the face of most frightful tribulations this person would say inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un and he would rely on his mercy giving nurturing master rabbi rahim with full confidence evet arifi billah ajdan mahafatullahtan telezuz eder this is a really important sentence yes one who knows god arifi billah one who knows God, who has knowledge of God, finds pleasure in his impotence and in having awe and fear of God. So how can one have find pleasure in being powerless? Well, if you are powerless and in, you are in the hands of an all-powerful one, that is pleasurable because you feel this moment of, oh, now I'm in safe hands. Now all my needs will be taken care of without me exerting effort, without me pushing, trying, prying. He will take care of my needs. It's like a you know baby. The baby will cry and cry and cry and knows that he is impotent. He cannot do anything. All he can do is cry, which would then correspond to our prayer, supplicate and supplicate and supplicate. And then as the mother takes or the father, the mother or father takes the baby in his her arms and calms him down or her down. Right? That is the moment. The one who knows God takes pleasure, finds pleasure in his own impotence, powerlessness, and in having this fear and awe oh, oh, of God. Because he knows that he is merciful, he is majestic, he is awesome, he is majestic, but he is merciful. He has his mercy on as long as I am loyal to him. As long as I am true to my covenant with him, he is merciful on me. He will bestow me with his mercy. Yes, one who knows God finds pleasure in his own impotence and in fearing God. Evet, hafta lezzet vardır. Yes. There is pleasure in fear. But this is not any fear. This is This is fear of God. It's mixed with awe and also love. We fear God because we love Him. We, we fear losing His mercy, losing this bond with Him. We fear His punishment too. But His punishment is the consequence of us losing that bond with Him. Yes, one who knows God finds pleasure in his impotence and fearing God. Yes, there is pleasure in fear. Eğer bir yaşındaki bir çocuğun aklı bulunsa ve ondan sual edilse, en leziz ve en tatlı haletin nedir? Belki diyecek, aczimi, zaafımı anlayıp, validemin tatlı tokadından korkarak, yine validemin şefkatli sinesine sığındığım halettir. Halbuki, bütün validelerin şefkatleri, ancak bir lem'a-i tecelli'i rahmettir. Onun içindir ki, kamil insanlar acde ve havfullahta öyle bir lezzet bulmuşlar ki, kendi havl ve kuvvetlerinden şiddetle teberri edip Allah'a aciz ile sığınmışlar. 
Addi ve hafı kendilerine şefaatçi yapmışlar. If a one-year-old baby was able to speak and he were to ask this baby, what are the most pleasurable and sweetest moments for you? He would probably say, he would probably say, the moments when I notice my impotence, powerlessness, and neediness, and thus take refuge in my mother's compassionate bosom, fearing her sweet smack. So the baby would say, what is the most pleasurable, sweetest moment for you? And that is, when I notice my impotence and neediness, and thus take refuge in my mother's compassionate bosom, fearing her sweet smack. Yet, the compassion of all mothers, all mothers combined, is only a glimmer of the manifestation of God's mercy. That is why those who have attained perfection have found so much pleasure in their impotence and in fearing God that they have willfully, willfully relinquished their capacity to avert harm and procure benefits. And here, it is assumed capacity, otherwise we don't have any such capacity. They have willfully relinquished, relinquished their capacity to avert harm and procure benefits, and they have taken refuge in God in their state of helplessness. They have had their impotence and weakness intercede for them. They have had their impotence and weakness intercede for them. Diğer ilaç ise şükür ve kanaat ile talep ve dua ve rezzak rahimin rahmetine itimaddır. So there were two remedies. We talked about the first one. What is the other remedy? The other remedy consists of asking from God and supplicating Him in a state of thankfulness and contentment. And it also consists of confidence in the mercy of the most compassionate provider. Razak Rahim. He is Rahim, most compassionate. And as we talked in detail about this, especially in the second station of the 14th flash, that is specified mercy. He is merciful. He is Rahman. His mercy encompasses everything in the creation. He showers his mercy and everything under the heavens benefits from that shower of rain. But he also knows the needs of each and every creature, including ourselves. And he specifies his mercy on us, on each and every one of us, the, the, everything in the creation. And he, he, he fulfills our needs, and that is Rahim. And he is the provider. So he knows me, he sees me, he knows my needs, and he has compassion for me. And he fulfills my needs. All I need to do is, to ask, ask with contentment and thankfulness and gratitude to supplicate. Öyle mi? Is that a remedy? Evet, bütün yeryüzünü bir sofrayı nimet eden ve bahar mevsimini bir çiçek destesi yapan ve o sofranın yanına koyan ve üstüne serpen bir cevvad-ı kerimin misafirine fakr ihtiyaç nasıl eleyim ve ağır olabilir? Belki fakr ihtiyacı Hoş bir iştiha suretini alır. İştiha gibi fakrın tezyidine çalışır. Onun içindir ki kamil insanlar fakr ile fahretmişler. This is also beautiful. Is that a remedy? Yes, of course. 
How can the burden and distress of poverty and neediness weigh on a guest hosted by the most munificent, generous one, Jawad Karim, who has spread a table of blessings on the earth's surface, who has placed springtime like a bouquet on that table and scattered flowers all over it too? Try to imagine this. This is a powerful description. What is the earth? The earth is a table spread by the most munificent, generous one with all sorts of blessings. Its surface is like a table spread. And not only these blessings, he has also ornamented it. He has made it beautiful. He has placed springtime like a bouquet on that table. And he has scattered scattered flowers all over it. Doesn't he love us? Doesn't this show that he loves us? That he has compassion on us? So if you are needy, he is the all-powerful. He has all the blessings. If you are hungry, he is the one who has all nutrition in his hands. And we are his guests. He is showing to us that we are his guests by putting these ornamentations, by beautifying his house for us. You know, when a guest comes to our house, we don't receive our guests in the most mundane uh, condition that our houses are. We pick things up, we tidy things, we make things beautiful, we put a flower on the you know on the table, we pull out the best dining set, look around, look at the springtime on the face of earth. Is it not prepared for a guest? We are the guests. So so what if you are needy? So what if you are powerless? So what if you are hungry? So what? So what? So what? The blessings are spread spread all over the surface of the earth and we are His guests. We are His guests. Maybe this guest feels a pleasing appetite in his poverty and neediness and so he endeavors to increase it. He endeavors to increase his neediness as if seeking an increase in his appetite. So what does this mean? Why would we try to increase our neediness? We need to remember the definition of neediness here. Fakr. And we said that humans are the most faqir. Humans are the most needy. Why? Because humans are in need of what they physically need. Food, air, water, energy, and so on and so forth. Sleep. But as different from plants or animals, they also develop needs for whatever they can think of or whatever they can imagine. If we increase our neediness, we increase our need for God's blessings. We ask more. We, we have an appetite. We desire more. We desire more of His blessings. Where, where is that to come? That is to come in the garden. The garden is His blessings. So we think of the garden and we long for it. And then we long for his countenance. We long for his countenance. And we think of it. We try to contemplate it. And we long for it. And we, there, there is nothing wrong with having more and more of an increase in this. The more our longing for him increases, the more we will become his beloved slaves and will come closer to attaining that ultimate pleasure, that ultimate bliss 
insha'Allah. That is why those who have attained perfection have found pride in neediness. That is why those who have attained perfection have found pride in neediness. Sakın yanlış anlama. Allah'a karşı fakrını hissedip yalvarmak demektir. Yoksa fakrını halka gösterip dilencilik vaziyetini almak demek değildir. So there is also a caveat, a caution here. But do not misunderstand. Because we are talking about neediness, fakr. But do not misunderstand. This is about recognizing one's neediness before God and beseeching Him. It is not about showing your neediness to the people and taking the position of a beggar. No, that, that would not, that's not what we are talking about. Because one who understands that God is the all-provider, God is the all-merciful, God is the all-powerful, why would this person denigrate himself before other people seeking their assistance? No, this person will preserve his dignity because he has this bond with the all-powerful. He will preserve his dignity, but before the all-powerful, he is going to besiege him, he is going to expose all his neediness before him. Understanding one's neediness before God and understanding that he is all-powerful also entails preserving one's dignity before the people. Ve o bilet senet ise başta namaz olarak eda-i feraiz ve terk-i kebairdir. As for that ticket or ration card that was mentioned in the parable, it signifies fulfilling the obligatory requirements of religion, especially performing the required prayers and staying away from major sins. And we had talked about major sins before. Öyle mi? Is that so? Evet. Bütün ehli ihtisas ve müşahedenin ve bütün ehli zevk ve keşfin ittifakıyla o uzun ve karanlıklı ebedül abad yolunda zâd-ü zâhire, ışık ve burak, ancak Kur'an'ın evamirini imtisal ve nevahisinden içtinab ile elde edilebilir. Yoksa fen ve felsefe, sanat ve hikmet o yolda beş para etmez. Onların ışıkları kabrin kapısına kadardır. So again we are asking, is that so? Yes. Those who have attained profound knowledge and witnessed the truth, and those who have experienced God's wonders and discovered the hidden dimensions of reality, all together agree that in the long and dark journey to the eternal destination, light and a brock-like mound can only be obtained by following the Qur'an's orders and abstaining from its prohibitions. So the journey is a reality. It is there to stay. And we cannot avert it. What we can do is to prepare for it. What do we need to prepare for it? We need to prepare light because it's a dark route. We need to prepare a mount because it's a long des- distance. So where do we find that light? Where do we find the provisions for that journey? It is in the Quran. In following the Quran's orders and abstaining from its prohibitions. Otherwise, neither science nor philosophy, neither arts nor worldly wisdom, are worth a penny on that journey. 
and here this is again a very powerful sentence and I don't want to go on a tangent too much about it there are other places where we will do this inshallah but it is important that I want to highlight humanity has progressed and we talk about this you know advanced modern state that we are in and so on and so forth and this has been a concept and notion that has bothered all humanity and and also many many many Muslim Muslims since probably around the late 19th century, if not earlier, that we all think that, wow, we now have electricity. Wow, we now have cars and airplanes. We can go to the moon and we can ex explode atoms and, and so on and so forth. We are so advanced. What is it good for? What is all of this good for? This is all good for the brief life that we experience in this world if it is good for this world because it they all have lots of drawbacks and advantages and disadvantages but we need to put them in their in the right place that they belong to none of them none of them will benefit us at all unless they are used for uh, unless they are converted into some other kind of good that's going to last for the eternal life otherwise they will not benefit us at all in that long journey. And that long journey is a bigger, a longer, a larger, a more significant reality than the brief life that we are living in this world. We need to prepare for it. So what then do we need for that journey? We need the Quran. We need to obey the Quran's commands, orders, and we need to abstain from its prohibitions. We need to try to understand. We need to immerse ourselves in that Quran. Their light, the light of science and philosophy, or arts and worldly wisdom, accompanies you only to the gates of the grave. That's it. It won't go beyond that. That's the furthest it can go. Ishte'ei tembel nefsim. Oh, oh my lazy soul. Beş vakit namazı kılmak, yedi kebairi terk etmek ne kadar az ve rahat ve hafiftir. Neticesi ve meyvesi ve faidesi ne kadar çok mühim ve büyük olduğunu aklın varsa, bozulmamış ise anlarsın. Ve fısk ve sefahete seni teşvik eden şeytana ve o adama dersin. Eğer ölümü öldürüp zevali dünyadan izale etmek ve aczi ve fakrı beşerden kaldırıp Kabir kapısını kapamak çaresi varsa söyle dinleyelim. Yoksa sus. Kainat Mescid-i Kebir'inde Kur'an kainatı okuyor. Onu dinleyelim. O nur ile nurlanalım. Hidayetiyle amel edelim. Ve onu virdi zeban edelim. Evet söz odur ve ona derler. Hak olup haktan gelip hak diyen ve hakikati gösteren ve nurani hikmeti neşreden odur. Oh my lazy soul. If you possess reason and your intellect is not corrupted, you will understand how little, easy, and light it is to perform the five daily prayers. How little, easy, and light it is to perform the five daily prayers. And abstain from these seven major sins. You will also understand how important and extensive their fruits and benefits are. And you will say this, to the Satan and to that man who together with the Satan encourage you to transgress and commit vices who represents all the evil that's going through your mind. If you can kill death, 
this is a sentence that hits. Close your eyes and listen. If you can kill death, eliminate transience from the world, lift impotence and neediness from the shoulders of humanity, and close the gates of the grave. Can you do any of these? If you can do them, then speak. We will listen. Otherwise, otherwise, fall silent in the grand mosque of the universe. The Quran is reading the great book of the universe. The Quran is revealing the secrets of the universe. Let us listen to it. Let us enlighten with that light. Enlighten ourselves with that light. Let us act with its guidance. And let us recite it like an incessant prayer. Yes, the Quran is the ultimate word. It is the truth. It comes from the ultimate truth. Al-Haq, from God. It speaks the truth. It guides to the truth. And it spreads luminous wisdom. Ustad Nursi finishes this word, the seventh word, with a beautiful supplication and salawat. Inshallah, we will read it in Arabic first and then read the translation in English uh, at some other time. Inshallah, we might have a longer interpretation of the English, but since it has already become a very long recording, uh, we will leave it at that and read the English translation only. And it is a beautiful, beautiful supplication, beautiful salawat, both in Arabic and in any language, mashallah. اللهم نور قلوبنا بنور الإيمان والقرآن اللهم أغنينا بالافتقار إليك ولا تفكرنا بالاستغناء عنك تبرأنا إليك من حولنا وقوتنا والتجعنا إلى حولك وقوتك فاجعلنا من المتوكلين عليك ولا تكلنا إلى أنفسنا واحفظنا بحوضك وارحمنا وارحم المؤمنين والمؤمنات وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد عبدك ونبيك وصفيك وحليلك وجمال ملكك ومليك صنعك وعين عنايتك وشمس هدايتك ولسان حجتك ومثال رحمتك بنور خلقك وشرف موجوداتك وسراج وحدتك في كسرة مخلوقاتك وكاشف تلسم كائناتك ودلال سلطنة ربوبيتك ومبلغ مرضياتك ومعرف كنوز أسمائك ومعلم عبادك وترجمان آياتك ومرآة جمال ربوبيتك ومدار شهودك وإشهادك وحبيبك ورسولك الذي أرسلته رحمة للعالمين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وعلى إخوانه من النبيين والمرسلين وعلى ملائكتك المقربين وعلى عبادك الصالحين آمين آمين Amen. Oh God, 
illuminate our hearts with the light of faith and the Quran. O oh God, enrich us through the recognition of our need of you. Do not impoverish us through the mistaken belief that we do not need your mercy. We turn to you, recognizing the insignificance of our own capacity to avert harm and procure benefit. And we seek refuge in your absolute power to divert harm and to bestow benefit. Make us among those who put their trust in you. Do not entrust us to ourselves. Protect us with your protection. Have mercy on us and on all believing men and women. Send your peace and blessings on our master Muhammad, your servant and prophet, the one you have chosen and perfected, your companion, the beauty of your dominion, the king, the king of your creatures, the spring of your favors, the sun of your guidance, the tongue of the proofs that point to you, the exemplar of your mercy, the light of your creation, the one whose presence honors all that you have brought into existence, the lantern that illuminates your unity among the plurality of your creatures, the discoverer of the mysteries of your universe, the announcer of your absolute sovereignty as the true nurturing master, Rub, the conveyor of the knowledge of what pleases you, the one who makes the hidden treasures of your names known, the teacher of your servants, the interpreter of your signs, the mirror of the beauty of your nurturing mastership, Rububiya, the means of seeing you with the inner eye of the heart and of showing you to the inner eyes of hearts, your beloved and your messenger whom you have sent as a mercy to the worlds and on all of his family and companions and on his brothers among the prophets and messengers and on your angels who are closest to you, and on your righteous servants. Ameen. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma'allamtana innaka anta al-alimu al-hakim wa-akhiru al-dawahum anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Al-Fatiha.